Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello. Welcome to Telling Everybody Everything. I am shooting this episode, well, not really shooting, recording, from the beautiful coastal English Riviera of Devon. And it is not a nice day in Devon today. It's like rainy and cold and nuts. I mean, why, why do you guys have a coast that you can hardly even use? What do you get, one nice week in the summertime? It's a real robbery of your gorgeous coastline, but I'm still enjoying it. I love it here. The people are so nice. You have delicious fish and chips and I'm working. So I'm grateful. Doing what I love. Can't complain. Submitted a cheeky little postal vote in the London mayoral elections before I left. That's right. Postal vote. If you can't be bothered to go to a polling station, There's no excuse, really. You can sign up to have a postal vote, and it comes a little bit early, and all you have to do is, like, stick it in the post. You know, it it does what it says on the tin. It's a fucking, it's a postal vote. And I mean, oh, it's always so difficult, isn't it? Because it's trash after trash after, and I find myself, well, I agreed with a lot of the policies of Count Binface this time. People from other countries won't fully understand because my husband was flabbergasted when I told him about Count Binface and his manifesto. Basically, anyone can sign up to uh, run for public election, to be an MP, to be the mayor. And we've had this guy, Count Binface, he's run a couple of times, not super successful, though not less successful than Lawrence Fox. You've got to ask yourself, as I do, what's happening in your life when you agree with some of what Lawrence Fox says. I'm back and forth with this man. I've worked with him a couple times. I found Lawrence Fox to be super nice. I've bumped into him on the street with his kids a few times. Just, oh, hey, really great guy. Then I see this is pre-political stuff. He got all upset that Rada were going to give women half the scripts or, you know, boost women writers or women actors he was like well that's not fair and I thought okay and then he talks about lockdown and some of it is sensible he goes I think it was really badly mismanaged I worry and I want to ask questions about whether or not human rights are being violated you know I think that all of that is valid it doesn't make you an anti-vaxxer it doesn't mean that you want everyone's grandparents to die I think we forget that asking questions is a very democratic 
very vulnerable thing to do. I'm happy to ask questions. I'm happy to be corrected. I'm happy to be wrong. But this culture of, well, if you ask a question, then you're an idiot. And the oh, people who refuse another lockdown, it's just like when your drunk friend won't drink water and we're just trying to give you water and make you well, but you're such a dumbass. Like, I, I don't think that it is that polarized. So he starts to talk and I go, I'm listening. And then Lawrence Fox kind of swerves and he goes, and I'm running on a more statues platform. London needs more statues, more statues now. <laughs> and I go, oh, oh yeah, okay, more statues now, forget it. But Count Binface, what a candidate. So in his manifesto, number one, number one is that London Bridge be renamed after Phoebe Waller Bridge. Yes, why haven't we done that yet? That is a great beginning to a manifesto. Croydon to get a facelift, ironically. Those of you from other countries may also not know that when you do the high ponytail at the front that gives you a real lift, you know, it's like that fox eye effect without surgery. That is called a Croydon facelift. I suppose it originated in South London. No shop to be allowed to sell a croissant for more than one pound. Finally, a man has the courage to say it. I don't eat croissants. I don't care about pastry. But the inflation of cupcakes on the school run, if that's anything to go by, no croissant should be over a pound. Yes. Speaker phones on public transport to be banned. Offenders to be forced to watch the movie version of Cats every day for a year. Excellent. London to join the EU. Love it. Mask wearing in public to be encouraged during the pandemic and beyond. Here's where I think he lost some votes. He split people with this because those of you who have beards will know that the mask is quite irritating. My husband finds that, you know, he wears it. We want to make people around us feel more comfortable. We want to feel like we're staying safe. But it sort of catches in the beard. It's very, I hadn't considered that because I don't have a beard. I'm very light. Only have to shave my legs maybe twice a year. I'm not a very hairy person. I like the mask because it gives me a sense of anonymity and I get to run around and I don't even have to think about if someone's going to recognize me and do that thing where they're like, oh, Catherine, can I get a picture with you? Love you so much. And then they post it on Twitter later and it's like, mm -hmm, saw this cunt in Morrison's. I don't, I don't need to deal with that when I have masks. So I love this one. And then the last, the hand dryer in the gents toilet at the Crown and Treaty Uxbridge to be moved to a more sensible position. The specificity of this niche point in the manifesto is what I love best. And he just serves as an example to us all. If you want to get things done, and equally, if you want to vote for a politician who's actually motivated to get things done, not just on some weird power trip and trying to skim off public funds, like this is a guy who knows what he wants and isn't afraid to go after it. And it's kind of sad that he lost. I'm aware that London politics does not concern many of my listeners. You didn't even know or care about the outcome of this election. But it should be noted that it's a super tight squeeze. They're still counting some votes. I think the current mayor, Sadiq Khan, only has a really small lead, something like 20,000 as I record this. Um, conservative seats were won all over the UK. And interestingly, this should I think fascinate us all. Healthcare workers, from what I have read, voted conservative more than in the last election they voted labor. And after the pandemic and the way it's been handled and the NHS 
feeble pay rise of 1% after all the sacrifices they've made. We go out in the street and clap for them. MPs and Boris Johnson and everyone else like, oh, you know, we really just love the NHS. Show me the money. Like, (laughs) I cannot even believe that there's a world where healthcare workers are pleased with the recent actions of the conservative government, but they are. And so this is something that I need to look into more because if you're not listening, you're not learning. And I've read through a lot of this and I've seen healthcare workers say that while the Labor Party is the party of the NHS, they really need the economy to be boosted right now. And they feel like the conservative government is going to do that. I mean, who knows? What was the exact number? It was like two out of five healthcare workers voted conservative. Yeah, yeah, which is more than polling indicated. So we'll see, I guess. Something else that happened this week, um, if you're catching up on your news from me, you might have willfully missed this on purpose, or maybe it just didn't cross your desk. Caitlyn Jenner is running for governor of California. Caitlyn Jenner is a long-standing idiot. I just have never warmed to her. I feel like I understand that she had a tumultuous journey and I felt as encouraged and proud of any as anyone when she came out on the cover that Annie Leibovitz shoot like call me Kate. I thought, yes, there you go. But then she swiftly started appropriating all the experiences of trans women like, oh, I know. I know everything about what trans women have been through. No, what very few of them. I would say maybe one or two have had the type of privilege and lifestyle that you have had, Caitlyn Jenner. Their journey is far different to yours. And she just acts like every older celebrity that you would imagine. All right, she's got this super young, hot girlfriend all of a sudden. How old's her girlfriend? Like 20, 22, 23, I think they started dating. Like, who are you? Scott Disick of the Young Girlfriend League? So Caitlyn's got this girlfriend. She wrote a book that was quite nasty about Kris Jenner, who you know is my hero. Then she has all these conservative viewpoints. Fine, you know, everyone's entitled to their own politics. Now she's running for governor of California. And she was asked on a coffee run about trans girls playing sports. And Caitlin comes from a very unique position. She can speak a lot about sports. She was an Olympian and she played school sports and played sports as an adult and does all these sports. And now when she golfs, she tees off from the ladies' tees. Yet... She said to this reporter, well, I don't think trans girls should play sports with cisgendered girls in school. And this kicked off a whole thing. Like, everyone's really cross about it. Why, Caitlin, are you not standing up for trans rights when you yourself are trans? This is difficult for me to talk about because I don't have those experiences. I believe in supporting all women. I believe in trans rights. I've also seen a lot of feminist women Uh, who are cisgendered mostly, they have concerns about contact sports. They have concerns about shared spaces. They have concerns that aren't hate-fueled. I think it's really easy to get lost in, well, you're being a bigot and you don't understand. I think everyone's coming from a place of new discovery about how to handle an evolving culture and concern about what makes sense, what's fair. You know, I've said before on this podcast, I know a lot of older women, especially who write about feminism, they say, well, we had to fight for our gender just to be recognized. 
just to be recognized, to receive equal pay, to have like autonomy, to have physical safety. And now you come in and say, well, there is no gender. I understand why they feel some confusion and some resentment about that because they go, hang on, hang on. What do you mean there's no gender? So it's very complicated. And that's the trouble. That's why we'll always argue because it's a nuanced argument. Here are some questions on the subject that have been put to me this week. People will say, Catherine, you have a daughter. How would you feel if your daughter was running in a race against a trans girl? And my answer is, why is my daughter running in a race? Uh, Where did she get that short muscle sprinting gene from? Please tell me. Because I have never run a race. I will not even run if someone's chasing me. Ultimately. My my personal opinion is I wouldn't mind at all. Uh, There are lots of girls in my daughter's class who hormonally are like taller and faster and more developed than she is. And we don't segregate the runners based on that. And then if that's your argument, uh, let's just take running and track and field. Then why don't we weigh everyone, measure everyone and make all these different heats of running based on height and weight. You know, if that's what you're worried about, I think people want to divide it by gender, just not even being the devil's advocate, but just asking a question as someone who number one is not trans, number two has never played sports. I don't know. Why don't you split it up the way they do for wrestling? Because wrestling, don't people have to weigh in and then be the same weight class? Yeah, there's welterweight and heavyweight and they only fight against each other. And the same to do with contact sports. I do understand when you talk about rugby and you go, I don't really want my daughter uh, getting smashed in the head by someone who's a lot stronger or bigger than her physically. Well, fair enough, but lots of girls would be cisgendered and be stronger and bigger than your daughter. Maybe who's trans? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Why don't we just divide them up all by size and age and wait. That's my answer for that. And maybe it's silly, but maybe it's the right way to go. And then runners, like, okay, let's say you have a little boy and he plays hockey. That can be very dangerous. He's small. Maybe he should play with lots of girls and boys his own size and his own speed. And then I remember Sidney Crosby. Canadians will know this kid. He was really small, No, he wasn't really small. Sorry. He was really young and he was drafted into the NHL because he was so talented. And I think the older NHL players initiated him basically by breaking his teeth day one because that's hockey. And I can fact check that for you quick. Hang on. Gosh. Okay. I don't think he broke his teeth when he first was drafted, though he won the Stanley Cup when he was 21 years old, not by himself, but with his team. So that's really young. Um, I found how many teeth has Sidney Crosby lost? He's only lost two. He has a broken jaw and is out indefinitely after being hit in the mouth with a puck during a win against the New York Islanders on Saturday. This is an article from 2007. No, 17. Despite player safety being scrutinized by the league more than ever and technological advances in equipment, hockey players are gonna lose teeth. The only way to help players keep their teeth is to force them to attach full cage masks to their helmets. They're not designed to keep teeth in the mouth? Okay, so I feel like, could we ban all sports? Because this seems really dangerous. And if not, how did gender ever even become 
part of the equation. Well, I mean, women weren't allowed to play a lot of sports for a long time, but then when they were, especially when they're young, because especially when they're young, some people are just really small. Some people are hormonally like they hit puberty sooner. I don't know. Some people are super strong. Why don't we just measure them all, weigh them all, do like lifting competitions, and then they can just all play. And that's a genuine question. Why can't we do that? What? Why? I know a lot of sports fans will be fuming right now. If you want to tell me why, please email tellingeverybodyeverything at gmail.com. Once again, I'm not trying to be an asshole. I just don't play sports, so I don't really get it. And I think there's a solution here because no one's trying to be a bigot. Well, maybe a few people are trying to be a bigot. I don't know. I think everyone's just trying to navigate an evolving culture the best we can. The third little news item that I wanted to talk about this week comes with a warning. It is about domestic assault and rappers and a gun and Rihanna. So there's your warning. It is the news that Chris Brown is teaming up with Tony Lanes or Tony Lanes. I do not know how to pronounce his last name. I will not learn to create a new project of music together. And this has left people divided. Divided why? Here is an undisputed timeline of Chris Brown's history of violence towards women. He violently assaulted Rihanna deliberately and purposefully. There is a police report from 2009 that includes photos. He smashed a window and stormed off set of Robin Roberts' interview when she asked him about this battery charge in 2011. He stole a woman's phone after she took a photo of him in 2012 and shoved a woman to the ground at a nightclub, leaving torn ligaments in her knee. He had a third-degree assault report filed after a woman was forcibly ejected from his bus after she refused to give up her mobile phone in 2015. He avoided charges after a woman accused him of punching her in the face and taking her phone in 2016. He's got a big phone collection, this guy. His female tour manager claimed he threatened her with a brutal physical attack that year. He was detained by the LAPD following a standoff at his home when a woman accused him of threatening her with a gun, 2018. He and two accomplices were taken into custody in Paris after a woman filed a report of aggravated rape in 2019. In 2017, he was ordered to stay away from his ex-girlfriend after she claims that he threatened to kill her. She was granted a temporary restraining order against the singer, saying he's also repeatedly threatened her with texts. So I understand that people have their own demons. They make mistakes. I think he had a very troubled childhood and has dealt with depression and drug abuse. He said after the Rihanna incident during one of his documentaries that he contemplated suicide after that incident. He said, I wasn't sleeping. I barely ate. I was just getting high. I went from being on top of the world, number one songs, being America's sweetheart, to being enemy number one. Well, in a decade, it seems like that behavior has not really changed that much and he hasn't really been held accountable at all he continues to release new music men and women listen to it the legal issues with this tony lanes i'm gonna stick with lanes it might very well be lanes he's canadian uh, tony lanes he was leaving a house party in 2020 and he had an argument with another rap artist megan the stallion you know megan the stallion they were in a car and he There's a video of her getting out of the car. They had some argument and he shoots her in the feet. 
Megan said she underwent surgery after suffering gunshot wounds as a result of a crime that was committed against me and done with the intention to physically harm me. This is a very powerful, very public woman coming out and saying, excuse me, he shot me in my feet. And his version of accountability was releasing his fifth album like three months later, where he addressed the shooting and basically exploited what happened on every song. Saying about the shooting denies that he shot her, saying she's trying to frame him. There's a video of it. I have seen the video. Maybe you have seen the video. He clearly shoots this woman. Yet, I don't know exactly where the court proceedings are with this. I know the judicial system is broken and takes a long time. But publicly, his streaming went down, but he's still making music. And now he's teaming up with Chris Brown, which really feels like insult to injury. I mean, these two together, they're releasing music. And the sick part is people are going to buy it. And we talk about toxic masculinity in this culture. It's not... You know, women can subscribe to it, too. All these women that are like, oh, I'd let Chris Brown, you know, show me a rough time. Like, what the fuck? And I posted about this the other day because I was so perplexed. And here's what I got from someone in my DMs. He says, hey, it's mostly women listening to them. So it's not toxic male culture. They have an audience among their victims. Like Simone de Beauvoir said, the oppressor wouldn't be so strong if they didn't have accomplices among the oppressed. I mean, way to give them a free pass and blame women again. When we say abusers get canceled for this or for that without a fair trial, um, I mean, sure, how much fairness would you like when this is the most clear example of two men who habitually violently assault women and they still are famous? Thanks to female fans, thanks to male fans, but crucially to a system that never, ever holds them to accountability. So that's the week. That's been my week. If you've been unplugged from stuff and you haven't seen any of that stuff, there it is, delivered from me to you. And there's a little extra bit of news, maybe, if you want to watch, if you listen to this on Saturday, May 8th, when I'm recording it, I am on ITV's Game of Talents. Such a fun show, actually. Hosted by Vernon Kay, you get to see all these performances and contestants get like a little comedian or celeb friend to try to help them guess who uh, who's behind the magic talent. I mean, I don't want to give it all away, but it's so it's fun to watch with the whole family. It's one of those shows. And I mean, the audacity, the sheer audacity of the way I parade around on that show tonight I mean, I'm not looking forward to seeing what people say, but you are my friends, so you can watch it, and hopefully you say nice things, because not everyone will. And All That Glitters, of course, is on BBC Two every Tuesday. If you missed the first four episodes, they're on BBC iPlayer. And if you want to pre-order my book, The Audacity, then there's loads more tea in there, and that is available for pre-order. Now, I'm on tour with a brand new show called Misses starting in September, and you can get tickets for that. And I'm sorry to do this thing at the end, but my agent asks me to. So there you go. And now some words from our sponsors. Like you just had a little practice run into that. And then we'll get to your emails. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. 
Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The first email is titled incest, so I hope that by the time I get to the end of it, I can still include it in the podcast. Catherine, I'm in a pickle. I'm currently living with my cousin, coming up to a year to help her out with her three children. She's a single woman with a basic bitch ex. The ex is an awful person, but here I am getting off track. I've been supporting her with childcare and running her business, which I have loved. Recently, our second cousin came to stay with us for a week and ended up staying for a month. During this time, we were having a lot of fun until one day I woke up and I heard kissing. I didn't think too much about it as I thought there must be an innocent reason. Maybe I was still groggy from having just woken up. Then I noticed a few things that led me to believe something was happening between my cousins. My second cousin was sleeping on the sofa for his stay, but the cousin I live with was also on the sofa cuddling him. When my second cousin left to go back home, my cousin was on the phone to him every night. One day, his message came through on the iMac while I was there. This was a message that absolutely confirmed something freaky was going on. My first reaction is that I'm happy for my cousin. They've not been in a relationship since their ex. They run a business, support children without any help, and the youngest is unwell. She's a badass. She's never even had time for herself for years. So I'm happy because there must be a big connection for her to even consider dating. But it is with our cousin. When it was confirmed that the male second cousin was coming back to stay again, I felt like I needed to tell her that I know what's been going on. The decision was hard as I thought she would come to me when she was ready and I would always support her. But I didn't want to pretend in front of them both. So I felt like telling them I knew was the best decision. My question is, Catherine, should I move out and give them space to figure all this out? I'm not trying to be selfish. I do think they need time together, but it is also uncomfortable for me right now. I want to be there for her and the kids. I'm close with the kids, and I don't want them to think I'm left abruptly. My main worry is that if I stay here and my male cousin's here too, I just don't know the social etiquette. Okay, you know what I'm not hearing is cousin. That's just passing me by, cousin second cousin? Are they first cousins? I don't really give a shit. I don't think it's relevant. You really grabbed me with incest at the beginning. Maybe it says a lot more about me than you, but I don't have a problem with cousins getting it on. I want to make that very clear. My great-grandparents are cousins, uh, first cousins. If not them, then my great-great-grandparents. I forget. But in any case, it was a really smart way to keep farmland in the family. I mean, you already know their extended family, so there are no surprises. I think many cultures 
cousins still marry all the time, so it's fine. And posh people, what about them? Posh people are definitely marrying their cousins. I have a friend, she was a nanny for like some high-flying A-list celeb, married to her cousin now, and she's a life coach. So what we're left with, I guess, is just, is there room in the flat for you now? If your cousin were taking a man into her house who was just a regular guy she'd met and she was hitting it off with, would you feel awkward then in the same way? I think if there's room for everyone and it's harmonious, put that cousin thing out of your mind and stay where you are. You get to be there for your cousin and hang around these kids. And it sounds like you have a great relationship where you can just say, look, am I in the way? Maybe give it a month if you're not too uncomfortable. And then, yeah, usually when someone gets into a romantic relationship, maybe they no longer need a roommate, especially if you're on the sofa. But don't be in a rush. I think all in your own time, and it's cool that they're cousins, and like go through some family albums, maybe you got some sexy cousins left for yourself. Because it sounds like she's on to something good. This next one is the kind of thing that confuses me. Catherine, how do you politely tell people to fuck off when they constantly ask about your pregnancy plans? Or worse, assume them. Why are we trying to politely tell impolite people to fuck off when the expletive fuck off already exists all on its own? Just tell them to fuck off. Oh, when are you going to get pregnant? What are you going to do? How long are you going to get married? Hey, lady, fuck off. A very standout email that has no context. It just says, Catherine, this is my secret. I act tough, but secretly I have a small penis and fantasize about a black guy having sex with my girlfriend in front of me and behind my back. Well, I've heard of this cuckolding fantasy before, and the good news is you're not alone. I once had a young man confess to me that when he was working at a resort, rich guys would pay him to have sex with their wives and he would have to do that in front of them. I mean, he was he was an adult, but he was young and so he would do it, but he found it a little bit unsettling. I mean, not unsettling enough to say no, he fucked their wives. But yeah, I think some guys have that as a fantasy. Some women might as well. I certainly do not. I would never want that to happen. I would never want to participate in that, but to each their own. Thanks for letting me know. I hope you find a girlfriend who enjoys that and guys who will enjoy doing that for you. God bless. Ooh, this is fun. Haven't had one like this in a while. Catherine, I hope you're well. As a long-term listener and an out and proud gay man, as lots of your listeners may be, I'm reaching out for some matchmaking. Oh, this reminds me, before I get to your matchmaking email, which I'm very excited about and I think we're going to have a success, I received an email from someone the other day saying that my podcast should be more queer inclusive, specifically citing the the dick spash and being like, you talk a lot about men and penises and heterosexual relationships. I mean, I am in a heterosexual relationship. Uh, the dick spash just happened to be about circumcision because it came up in my life. And I would love to talk more about different genders and sexualities in like lesbian relationships it's just I read the emails that come in so maybe lesbians and poly people and whatever else aren't writing me as much but this is a very queer inclusive podcast so anybody can write me any time and I'm sorry that I'm not a lesbian all right I wish it was different but it's not Catherine I live in Shetland 
which is about 800 miles from London and a 12-hour ferry from Aberdeen. What? My Tinder and Grinder are dry. The pandemic, as it probably has for many people, has been a lonely time for me, and I'd love to meet lovely folk, even virtually for coffee or wine. No sexy time. So if any of your other listeners are also looking for love and live on an island, or better, have their own private island, I'd love to be set up. Bit of a long shot, I know. I've attached a pic of myself. Apologies if I look a bit windswept. I work in the arts. I'm a big reader, film fan, and hiker. Getting into sea swimming. Have a lovely week, Catherine. Ooh, he's a very sexy man. Okay, we got a leopard print shirt, though it's not one of these baby don't hurt me type of disco shirts. Um, cheers if you know that reference. It's really cute. Um, we've got sort of, well, the lighting is red. Do you have a red bulb or are you doing like an LED facial kind of light in this room? The lighting is very warm. I would call it a heightened golden hour. But I think this man is ginger. Um, if not ginger, like a light brown. Good looking ginger though, you know? There's Ariel, Prince Harry, hot gingers all over the place. Maybe an auburn ginger. Mustache, beard, great hair. You look great. My question is, if you're looking for like virtual stuff, then why does it have to be an islander? Why does it have to be near Shetland? I think the pref is near enough Shetland so that if it develops into something more, then you can meet this person. And I hope to find that for you. So if you are interested in the man that I have described, please get in touch. Telling everybody everything at gmail.com. You haven't given a way for them to find you. Hmm. I suppose I'll just star your email and then I'll forward any interest to you. What a weird way of blind dating. Let's see if it works. We'll do one more because I have to intervene here. Catherine, I've been with my boyfriend for almost two years. We moved in right before the first lockdown. Has that been almost two years? God damn it. Oh, you were with him for longer and then you moved in. All right, before the first lockdown. He's the most amazing person. So kind, so caring, would do anything for me. I grew up with an alcoholic father who I'm now estranged from. But since you mentioned the word overcorrection, I can't stop thinking about it. There are two issues with my relationship. One is I don't find him that funny or interesting. We have different interests, which is fine, right? But I literally can't even feign an interest in sports, for example. Just not for me, but they're his entire life. I'm into TV dramas and musicals, so there's that. Secondly, we don't have sex. The last time we did was over four months ago. Before that, it had been a few months. In total, over the last year, we've had sex six times. We've talked about it a bit, and we try to come up with solutions, but at the end of the day, I don't think we are attracted to each other in that way. I'm more attracted to other people who intellectually stimulate me more, and I often fantasize about them. He's planning to propose to me, and I don't know what to do. I love being with him because he makes me feel so safe, but I find myself thinking about other people and imagining what my life would be like with them. Help. So you can marry this man, and then you'd be divorced in three more years, tops. And that's fine. I mean, a five-year relationship, I believe, is a success. So if you want to keep feeling safe and delaying the inevitable... You are preventing yourself from meeting the love of your life, and you are preventing him from meeting the love of his life. But a lot of people latch on to a security blanket, and that's up to you. But after two years, if you're not having sex, I would say the sports and musical theater stuff 
not a problem at all. I mean, that alone would be fine. But the fact that he's not intellectually stimulating you and you're not sexually attracted to him, I mean, that is destined for failure, I hate to tell you. So it's just up to you whether you put that failure off or you kind of nip it in the bud right now and start your life and give him the freedom of starting his life. Bobby likes sports. I don't. He's not one of these guys who spends the whole day just watching every sport. I know some of them can be like really obsessive about it. He's not like that. I love musicals and theater and he openly pretty much hates those things. But I think that we are very connected intellectually like we click we talk about things we have the same sense of humor we watch the same things we have similar interests as well and I do not I categorically do not fancy anyone else imagine my life with anyone else think about anyone else none of that so I would say to you do not settle for anything less because marriage is tough enough especially after several years if you're struggling in a boyfriend girlfriend relationship after two years no, no, no. It's not the one. Thank you for writing in. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to send me a message, it's telling everybody everything at gmail.com. Please try to stay cool, calm, collected, and peaceful as we navigate these different layers of uh, freedom after lockdown. I know that there's some places we can allegedly travel now starting in May, although a lot of those places are closed. So, I mean, I don't know where you're traveling to. So I'm like, random island that you just be detained as soon as you land but look we'll make it through i'm feeling very positive about the future i hope you are too let's look to a beautiful summer 